0: Check out Schwans.com backslash yum for details. Crossing route Curly makes the catch 20. First down he hurdles. Far side of the field, stays on his feet. Inside the 10. Todd Gurley making his case for MVP. The Rams sideline across the field from us erupts in celebration. And so the playoffs are coming back to L.A. This January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions.
1: Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Managing Ed or Derek C. Paul. Welcome, you guys, to the show today. We have probably, if not the best, one of the best receivers in Rams history. Isaac Bruce, Isaac, welcome to the show. How are you today?
2: What's up, Derek? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. Well,
1: we're thrilled to have you on. Uh, you are long been just one of the guys that we want to talk to, but in about everything about your life, we want to know, you know, about your foundation. We want to know about what you've been doing since retiring. So let's just get right into it. The first thing I wanted to ask you, though, because the team's back in LA, is mm-hmm. you were in that last draft class, drafted by the Rams prior to moving. Uh, what what was that last year in LA like for you
2: well you know derek we came in and I came in as a 21 year old and um you know I was young I had some experience in Los Angeles I had I had gone to uh junior college 2 years prior uh to my being drafted in uh Los Angeles but mm-hmm. you know as far as the football was concerned football was uh it was definitely professional they put a lot of onus on us as as being as being men and um Making sure that we did what we were asked of us, but you know, all in all, it was it was it was professional football, and I enjoyed it. Now,
1: your 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 best season, at least statistically, was in 1995. 119 catches, 1,781 yards, 13 touchdowns. What took place between that first and second season
2: that helped you make that leap into being one of the league's elite receivers? Well, honestly, you know, it's, it was a lot of growth. And I'd, I'd say probably when I first got drafted, my rookie year, it took me about eight weeks to get acclimated to what was going on and catch up with the speed of the game. I think by week 10 and week 11 of my rookie year, I think I was ready. I was I was getting ready to become a starter. And unfortunately, I tore my MCL week 12 for San Diego Chargers. And, you know, in between that time and the spring, summer, coming back uh, for training camp in 1995, Man, I did a lot of tremendous, uh, you know, reps as far as mentally and uh, started uh, developing an identity about who I was as a wide receiver and and some of the things that I wanted to accomplish as far as, you know, playing football. And I think those things truly helped me. I started, you know, uh, disciplining myself, disciplining my emotions, writing out my goals and uh, speaking my goals out verbally. And those things helped me, man. It really transformed
1: so the whole process of getting your mind right between that rookie year and your second year changed everything on the field.
2: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Now, 95, 96, 96, you led the league in receiving, had some injuries. I, mean, I remember being the guy watching you play and thinking, is he ever going to be the same again? And then '1997, right. and you come out there and you do what you do. When did you know that '1999, 19, that, those Rams, that greatest show on turf, they were going to mm-hmm. be special? When did you know that?
2: Oh, man, up until that point, I had played a lot of football, man. I, I was uh, maybe five or six years into it. Um, I'd lost a lot of games, but I gained a lot of experience by not only, you know, watching and being coached in practice, but watching my opponent at times. And you know, I, I picked up a lot of things. So I knew what a good team looked like. I knew, I knew that good teams, uh, number one, they look good on paper. Number two, when it's time to play football, they're football-focused. Number three, when they had adversity, they didn't change. I mean, there was no panic. There was no sound of alarm. Uh, There was no change really in the the outward appearance that you could tell. But it just went about their business. And in the summer of 1995, 1999, I saw those qualities. I saw on paper that we were pretty good on paper, you know, from the running back position, quarterback to uh, wide receiver, but especially up front. I thought we had did enough to uh, make a difference as far as our running game was concerned. So when I saw that, I was excited. Um, But to be honest, I really didn't really, really just get excited until we went up against the San Francisco 49ers and ended up beating them uh, at home that first game. So I was really excited after that happened.
1: Well, you you just took one of my questions right away and already answered it. I was going to ask you what your your best memory was prior to the Super Bowl. How did you, though – Trent Green was the guy who was being, was brought in to lead this team, and then he gets hurt. At that time, right. no one knew what Warner was going to be. What Kurt Warner was going to be. How did you personally respond to Trent Green's injury?
2: Well, you know what? Honestly, I'm I'm thinking. You know, prior to that, uh, you know, I had a, had a lot of success. Uh, I was a Pro Bowler, Pro Bowler already. My, I thought that my 1998 season was probably would be the best career of my best year of my career, but. I ended up you know pulling the hamstrings and getting injured, but um when Trent came along, here's what I knew about Trent. Trent had came out probably a year before I did. he's probably in ninety three class, but he was ingrained in the offense that we were learning, you know it was the the one that Mike Marks brought back with him. So he had been in it for a couple of years. I mean so it's it's something to have a guy who you can plug in and you know kind of teach him uh, teach him not to make a mistake. You know, Trent was the type of guy who had been in the offense, so he had already had his years of making a, of making a mistake in offense. So he was so ingrained in it that he could ad-lib. I mean, he could say, you know, we could wink his eye at me and say, all right, this is what we're doing. I know this play is called here and it's designed to go here, but I got press coverage over here on Isaac, so we're going to take this shot. So that was Trent. You know, he had a fabulous training camp. Preseason games were precise. I don't, I don't think we put the, gr- the ball on the ground. Uh, many times in training camp that year. But, you know, all that said, you know, Trent was, he was ready to be the MVP.
1: And then when when he got hurt, you know, your reaction to that, I mean, you guys, this is what you were thinking, right? You're thinking this guy's this guy's got it set.
2: Absolutely. When he, when he goes down, obviously, I'm, I'm you know, I'm kind of, I'm really upset or heartbroken for my friend, you know, just to see him writhing in pain and everything he had in front of him. I was kind of at a loss for those first couple of days just from that standpoint alone, not really about Trent playing quarterback, but, guy just blew out his knee, and that's never a fun thing to go through.
1: Getting to watch him play later on, too, was really neat, especially for the Chiefs. Kurt Warner steps in. Now you, he becomes that guy. You have yeah. Torrey Holt there. In his rookie year, you have you. You have Ricky Prohl, Marshall Falk. What made that team, in the end, what made that offense so special and so difficult for opposing teams to
2: handle? We had a, a, a choreographer like none other in and, and Mike Mark. He was great offensive mind, a guy who could Create matchup things that he things that he was he was he was excellent in doing and he knew what he had as far as athletic and talent was concerned with all of those players that you named and he used it to his advantage. There was never a moment when we would go out and practice a certain play that we didn't call in a game. I never remember not doing that. So that made him special. I mean, I think that. Coach Mart should, should go down. Definitely should be a place for him in the hall as one of the one of the innovators of the game because he's left a lasting legacy in the NFL through what he did with the, the St. Louis Rams.
1: Now, in the playoffs, the Rams got a lot of monkeys off their shoulder, you know. Tampa Bay, that defense, you know, no I don't even want to talk about that one. You I'm, probably, I'm sure you probably still feel that game. And Minnesota, Minnesota's always been a thorn in the Rams side over the years. You guys went there, you beat them both. Getting that Super Bowl, you you have a 16-0 lead. Anybody who looks back at that game, going into the fourth quarter, you guys pretty much dominated that game. In the end, it comes down to that last play. Catching the game-winning touchdown Super Bowl. Can you run us through that play and just tell us how it felt actually winning that ring as a Ram?
2: Well, the play was Twins right, H right, 999, H balloon, and uh, uh, four wide formation personnel and you know, you have two receivers on both sides. And, you know, what we initially wanted to do was kind of run everybody off and end up dumping the ball down to Marshall and see what he can get before we started the final two minutes of the game. But um just at that moment, when I heard the play called in the huddle and, you know, kind of anticipating what the coverage would be, I pretty much knew that, you know, that this was my time of the game. And uh, just trying to anticipate what Coach Marks was thinking at that time, you know, I was right on the same page with him. So when I heard the play, um, automatically knew that I was getting the football at that time. And lo and behold, when the, the ball comes out, I see it clear, out a great block from Oz, and I just raced to the end zone at that point, man. It was pretty much over, and one of the biggest highlights of not only just the uh, St. Louis Los Angeles Rams, but I think it's one of the biggest highlights in Super Bowl history. So it will forever be shown.
1: Uh, it will. And it's, it's one of those moments that uh, I can tell you that when I was actually in the Navy at the time I was on deployment, and we were watching the game in, in the birthing. And I was the only Rams fan in that room. Everybody else was cheering for the Titans. So you can imagine what happened then with a group full of all these men watching you run to the end zone. And I'm the only dude <laughs> in the back of the room raising right. my hand and, and screaming. And I, I, I could not believe what I just saw. And that—that's every, every, every fan can go back now and think of that day. And think, you know, that was Isaac Bruce, that was Tory Hall, right. that was Kurt Warner. I'm, you know, we're always going to have that. with So I guess I owe you, a did a debt of thanks because I, I, you know, we haven't had anything since, really, you know. So thank you so much I for know. what you gave that. You're
2: local. You're you, you, you know, And
1: I think it also matters. You had a couple, like you mentioned, '97, '98. You had some injuries over the years. Uh, your yeah. rookie year, later on in your career, you had. Some. How did you, as a as a player? as a man, adjust the fact that, yes, you know what, I'm taking my next, I'm getting older, you're, you're battling father time now. How did you adjust to that? And you still put up solid numbers until the end. How are you going to do that?
2: Well, it's all about a mindset and just uh, making sure that, you know, you do your mental reps, preparation. I talked about the identity earlier. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you have an identity, you know, when you're safe in it, sound in it, you make sure that the things that are happening around you, if it's chaotic, or if it's something that you really don't want to go through at that time, you always lean back on your identity. And your, idea, your identity will always change the circumstances. So in those times, in 97 and 98, that's, what it, that's really what I leaned on. I mean, I made every opportunity to keep my positive thoughts, keep verbally declaring that I was the best wide receiver in the NFL, and, and the things that I can do on the football field. So that, that's what carried me through those moments and uh, allowed me to shine once I got back on the field.
0: Alright, just a real quick word about our
1: sponsor, the Golden Ram Barber Shop, out there at 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California, 92683. Give them a call at 714 894 Rams. That's 714 894 Rams. They're open Monday through Friday. Yes, again, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Also on Saturday, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. But however, we need to point this out. Sal Martinez's shop there is by appointment. Give him a call, make an appointment. It's a great experience. Sal's shop there, the Golden Ram Barber Shop, is a man. It's a museum for Rams football. All kinds of memorabilia. We, we just as Norm and I got our hair cut there. We looked good, and we had some good football conversation, looking at everything from Henry Yeller pictures to stuff from St. Louis, all going back to Super Bowl 14. It was a great experience. Again, that Sal's. Mousel Martinez's Golden Ram Barbershop at 13755 Golden West Street, Westminster, California. Give me a call again at 714-894-7267. That's 714-894-7267, which is Rams. If you want to sponsor us, you can get us at Ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. Listen, we love our sponsors. They love us. We'll do a great deal with you. We will do everything we can to support what you do. We really appreciate it. And finally, one more thing, one more time. If you have not followed us on iTunes, if you've not given us that five-star review, we have a contest going on right there. If you just leave your written review, send us a message over on Facebook or our email address, just so we know who who your username is, so we can give you credit, and you're entering the contest for our $50 gift certificate to nflshop.com. You can also find us on Stitcher. You can find us on iHeartRadio. You can find us on Google Play and on SoundCloud. I have to ask this question. How in the world did it feel, though, finishing out your career with, with the 49 Nineers? What, what did it feel like putting on a oh, 49er uniform?
2: It was different. Let me tell you, man. I was uh, in a preseason game, uh, I believe in 2008. And, uh, you know, we're playing the Raiders. I mean, it's, it's nothing different. But, uh, you know, And I look across the field, you know, I see the Raiders just standing over there. We're playing in the Coliseum in Oakland. But then when I look to my left and my right, I see the 49ers. When I look down at my pants, you know, I don't see my normal colors. I see the I see the the color of the enemy. So, you know, it was strange, man. And you know, it's it's unfortunate that careers have to end that way at times. But some of some of, a lot of great ones have done it. So it's yeah, it's, it's 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 strange to put those uniforms on. But at times you still have football left in you. You want to make sure you don't retire with it. And you know, fortunately, the 49ers gave me an opportunity to go ahead and uh, close out my career.
1: When did you know that your Rams career was over?
2: I think uh, we had uh, contract negotiating twice, two years in a row. After the first year, I knew I was pretty much coming back. But the second time, when when we went back into negotiations, I was I was under the impression that you know what this is it. I maxed out my playing career and career time here, so I'll just move on. You know, it wasn't as you know they, they they kicked Isaac Bruce to the curb or of kicking them to the curve. It it was none of that because, you know, we we did what we had to do for each other. I mean, I played football there. They did pay me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we had a great time doing what we did.
1: Well, it's the nature of the game. It's just the nature of the business. We understand that. And Overall, your career in – your amazing career, 1,024 catches, 15,208 yards, 91 touchdowns, 91 receiving touchdowns. You're a semifinalist now for the Hall of Fame. Oh, geez. What sets you apart against some of these other great players? Is, is now your time, I mean, what sets you apart?
2: Well, honestly, just. This is my mindset. I mean, the first thing, I, I never grouped myself with anyone else. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, you play a team sport, it takes 11 people to score a touchdown. However, it's up to you. It's your responsibility to come in prepared. You must be in shape. You must uh, have a mindset of who you are as a football player. Those are the things that I did. So at the same time, you know, I never lump myself in a, in a group. I never, you know, go from the mindset of, Okay, it's Isaac Isaac Bruce versus this other wide receiver, but in actuality, it isn't. It's probably Isaac Bruce Isaac Bruce versus Tony Boselli or someone else. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you mention those numbers, those are the only things that should count. The longevity is there. The production is there. How I played when it didn't matter versus when it did it, when it did matter. Did I shine or not? Those things, you know, they impact the game. I like to say that I'm a a copy of guys who came before me. Uh, I'm a testament of what those guys taught me, and in the same light, I was also a teacher. I had guys who come who came after me, and it's important to look at those guys' careers, how they flourish after being under my tutorialship, and what they did after they left me. So those are my disciples. Those guys are glaring examples of what I what I passed on to them and what I passed on to the game.
1: What does it mean for you now to be a Ram? You were you were out there as the Eagles game. You were amongst so many great Rams greats, and. I, just being somebody who saw the whole thing I expect seeing all those one Rams, the people you've watched over the years together in one place like you did you know, what does it mean to you to be a Ram, to be that in history I was a Ram? Oh
2: yeah you know I um, I always say when sizing up a guy's play it's his ability to do what he can do on the football field, mm-hmm. if he does it well I always like to say this guy has some Ram in him, so I enjoyed being a Ram this past Sunday, I had an opportunity to see a lot of the The alumni came back to that game. Um, These are guys who can finish your thoughts. They can uh, finish the memories that you have. They know exactly what I went through as a player because they lived it themselves. And just to have us all together in a space, man, it's it's beautiful. Because um, in order to have some success on that field, you know, those guys were needed, man. We had to we had to pound each other. We had to lift each other up. We had to encourage each other, and that's what it was about. So anytime we can recreate that and have those moments, you know, especially to me.
1: Your career in the NFL itself is done now. You know, what are you doing now after your career? What have, what have you moved on to?
2: Well, ministry is something that I haven't moved on to. It's something that I was doing while I was actively mm-hmm. playing. But, you know, I get more more opportunity to do it now. So we, we're currently ministering down in South Florida now, my wife and I. Uh, we have two beautiful daughters that we're raising. Uh, that takes a lot of my time. I'm also also an entrepreneur. So, you know, those things and trying to keep up with football as best I can, you know, kind of keeps me busy, busy enough. And, uh, you know, I'm enjoying it.
1: Well, you have the Isaac Bruce Foundation.
2: Absolutely. And, and that that's is part of it.
1: That, that's a huge part of it. I yeah. just just talking with with Tiffany about that. And and she gave me something that you're really passionate about. And this is yeah. your your program. I'll make sure I get this right now because this is this is pretty neat. You have what you call the Flight 300 program. Can you tell our listeners about that?
2: Yes, uh, Flight 300 program is something that, you know, we kind of implemented a couple of years ago. What we wanted to do was make sure that the, the college-bound students uh, who didn't have access the funds or ability to purchase an airline ticket or bus ticket to get to their cities of study, man, because I was in that position many, 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 moons ago. So, you know, I ended up needing $300 to get an airline ticket from Fort Lauderdale to Los Angeles, California. Miraculously, it came in, and it's something that I wanted to do. I wanted to make those dreams possible for other people once I became or put in a position where I could do that. And fortunately, it's been going well and it's growing every day. We just got a huge donation today that I'm really excited about. And I believe that it will grow even more.
1: Well, what are some events that you run and that you do to help bring in the Funds needed to make this happen?
2: Well, we have a gala every year in, in St. Louis. And, uh, Not only that, we do a live auction doing that gala. Uh, We also have what we're doing this year is a flag football tournament in the spring, and it's going to garner a lot of attention in the city of St. Louis, and I'm expecting, you know, the the, the neighboring cities to bring their teams down and participate in this tournament. So it's going to be fun. Those are some of the things that we do. And, you know, we get a lot of random calls, random donations from people that I've never even met. So, They hear about what we're doing. They hear about Flight 300, and they want to donate, be a part of it, and uh, we get a lot of that every day.
1: This year, the gala was back on September 21st, 2017. Uh, when will you yeah. have the information updated so that folks who want to be involved in it and, and maybe even attend, when will that be updated so that they can go ahead and try and get themselves in for that for next year?
2: I'm, so, I'm sure it's going to happen sooner than later. For any info, you can just always go to isaacbruce.org. Uh, we got information on the website. Everything, every question that that you may have will be answered. And uh, I implore you to go ahead and join in with me uh we've started off making a positive impact in the city of st louis through this foundation and it's went national so the next our goal is to be global with it and it's it's growing and we're excited about
1: it now you're also involved in clinics right football clinics that especially like last year i think it was a three one at gateway yes. to STEM high school in st louis you know, yes. and what are you you know working towards with those as well to help kids get, get, uh football learning
2: well, it's an opportunity to uh, spread the knowledge as far as football is concerned. We make sure that we do it uh, every year. We've done it since 2016, and the NFL recently donated and gave us $20,000 to further it. So we're excited about that. It's held every year in the city of St. Louis, and like I said, that's another another aspect of the foundation that we're looking to do in multiple cities in, in America. And uh, hopefully one day we can go to places like Bahamas or Jamaica and do the same thing.
1: Do you see? Your, you, you obviously, you have this huge footprint in St. Louis, and that's really appreciated. That city was a big part of your life and your career. Neither had, and now the team's over in Los Angeles, where you eventually to try to work out in there as well and serve, impact of the franchise out there in L.A.
2: Oh, absolutely. That's uh, that's one of our next goals to carve out our space in Los Angeles, Los Angeles County, and do some of the same things that we're doing. I mean, it's all about being a Ram and all about giving back to people. That's our main goal.
1: We got your website here, uh, IsaacBruce.org. Where else can folks follow you? Uh, yeah, You're on Twitter. You're on Facebook there. Can you go ahead and give people all the information they need? I, I think this is well worth fans getting involved in if they can. If it's something that they're passionate about and want to share that passion with you, where can folks follow you?
2: Absolutely. You know, always kind of forget this part. You know, this is the day and age that we're in. Uh, you can follow me at Twitter, at IsaacBruce. I guess that's my handle, so. You know, we got a lot of amazing things going on. I try to keep people posted, uh, have a gym that I own in South Florida. You can follow it on Instagram, at Bruce Zone, and uh, that's where we are with that. That's B-R-U-C-E-Z-O-N-E, and I see a lot of amazing things that we're doing through fit, uh, fitness and wellness.
1: And you mentioned ministry as well. What is going on with your ministry, do you think?
2: Oh, it's uh, inclusive. I mean, from what we do as far as entrepreneurship, what we do as far as fitness and health, uh, through the Isaac Bruce Foundation, it's all pointing to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So that's that's the basis, the foundation of everything that we do. The Lord has given me a platform, and he's given me the ability or the grace to go out and do what we do.
1: All right. Well, fans, you heard it there live. You can go ahead and you can follow Isaac Bruce on Twitter. You got his Facebook there as well. By the way, the the uh, Foundation's Facebook is at facebook.com forward slash Isaac Bruce Foundation. Go in there and give him you know, whatever support you can give to the foundation, you know, we are all college students at one point. Well, most of us. And those who aren't had other interests, and they all, we all need to get somewhere. And so if you can go ahead and, you know, if this is something you're passionate about, again, go ahead and reach out. It's isaacbruce.org. Isaac, thank you so much for making the show today. Thank you for giving your time to help us both, you know, update us on your life and talk about your career and also to let us know about what you're doing to make this world a better place.
2: Hey, Derek, thanks for having me on, man. man. I enjoyed it.
1: Okay, well, that about does it for us here at Rams Talk Radio for this podcast. Again, I want to thank our guest, Isaac Bruce, for making this show today. You know, he's a very important part of our team's history, and it's an honor to actually talk to him about his life, his career, and, and what he's been doing since then. So for him, for the rest of the Rams Talk staff, I am managing editor Derek Cipolla, saying we'll talk to you next time. Take care now.
0: And you get this type of drama. Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of the lake is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Let's get it Where here. else is history? Still in the making. Oh my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV.